Riley Jensen is joining us now, and he's brought to you by the Guest Hotline, and that is, the Guest Hotline is the Smart Rain Guest Line. The Smart Rain Guest Line, Utah, will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. All right, I just said it. Our resident quarterback played it at the collegiate level, coached it, still coaches it, and also is an ultimate sports psychologist and mental performance coach, Riley Jensen. Riley, how were those donuts? <laughs> hey man, that was that was a fantastic intro all the way up until the very end. All the way up until the very end. <laughs> I understand there were some daddy daughter donuts this morning. <laughs> yes, there is, there is, there is, and, and that has been, you know, those are the those are the moments that everybody has coached me that you know you've got to you've got to go to those and you've got to enjoy those because it's over before you know it, right? That's what they say. So, Yes. Yeah. Every so generation gonna, passes gonna, that down to the younger generation. Right. And so I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of taking the advice. I'm trying to stay in the moment and enjoy my kids. So yep. yeah. Good call by you. Far more important than any quarterback coaching that you might ever do. That's for sure. Uh, no question. No so question. I'm labeling this not for Utah State because they play Vegas, so I'm expecting them to win. Blake Anderson's talking about Bonner's at the most health that he's been in a while. So they should be fine as far as beating the Rebels there. The Rebels are 0-5, and they're probably like 0-5,000. We just haven't been paying attention because nobody does the UNLV football. But the other two, BYU and Utah, I am labeling labeling this Legitimacy Saturday because you look at both programs, and they're decent right now. Utes have rebounded very nicely. Uh, but still, it, you don't know really know, whereas this Saturday, if you win, you got a good idea that you're going to have a pretty good season. And your quarterback now, your new quarterback, at that point will be 3-0 and as a starter. Uh, he he beat San Diego State in the scoreboard. It's just that he inherited a deficit when he got in there. But nevertheless, he looked really good and sparked the team. And then he hasn't lost in his couple of starts since. And then you got BYU. Yeah, they had those wins against the South in the Pac-12. Well, Arizona sucks. And uh, the Utes had a quarterback who wasn't good enough. And the Devils were offsides uh, or committing all sorts of infractions left and right that they sort of beat themselves in a way and take nothing away from what BYU did. But now you got Baylor. Baylor's 5-1. and one. They got a quarterback who's thrown 11 TDs, no picks. They got two running backs that have run for over 400 yards, one just three-yard shot at 600. They're 5-1, and one too. You know, if you go 6-1 and one and beat Baylor, you're going to move up in the ranking. If you lose, you probably drop out of the ranking, and then it puts a little taint on the season. So do you buy that this Saturday is Legitimacy Saturday? Yeah, so... Absolutely. So walking through everything that you just said, I I really hope that Logan Bonner is healthy because I felt like against BYU there were three or four times that, that Tompkins got behind the defense and Bonner underthrew the ball. And I really believe it's because of that ankle, that foot injury that he has. He's not able to push off of it the way that he wants to. 
So we can move on from that. They are going to beat UNLV. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is that starts in that game. They're going to play well. And Utah State is is probably going to have a much better season than anybody anticipated. As far as BYU goes, you know, I don't, I don't know as much about Baylor except for the statistics and some of the things that you just gave me. And I think, I think there's no question that this is a legitimacy Saturday, regardless of how good or bad Baylor is, because first of all, they're they're one of those teams that has been traditionally in the Big 12, so this is important for BYU to go and send a message that they can be legitimate in this conference. And then number two, I think it's really, really important that we see that BYU gets back to BYU football or what we thought was BYU football to start the season because they did the exact equal and opposite of what they had been doing all year against Boise State. They, they didn't win the trenches. They didn't win the offensive and defensive line battle. They turned the ball over like they haven't done all year. And I really felt like Jaron Hall was just a little bit off. I know people have been critical of his game. I'm not so critical of his game. It's just like I just felt like it wasn't quite as just sharp and as good as he'd been during the year. So I'm looking forward to see him have a good week of practice. Hopefully he's still healthy and is able to play in this game. And then I think that you'll see Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa play at a super high level. Um, just because you, you know you know that their stomach is hurting from what happened as far as last week goes. Um, obviously, nobody blames the game on them. There was a whole bunch of different things that goes on, and they've they've been so good this year. It'd be hard to like kind of pin that on them anyway. And so you'd like to see BYU get back on track. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tall task with with the way Baylor's playing. And I and I think you're right. Like I think if they beat them. This really makes this BYU team a legitimate, legitimate team for this year, and it sends a message to the Big 12 like, hey, you're, you're not getting you know, a terrible team that's coming in or, or a team that's not up to snuff in the Big 12. And then I'm interested to see um, with the University of Utah, with Cam Rising, uh, the, the question for me on Saturday night, and, I, and I'm not trying to take away from the University of Utah, like turning it around, because there's a couple of things that were really, really impressive to me. Number one, the offensive line was much improved. Um, if if I were Cam Rising, I'd be uh, I'd be pulling a Dan Marino and getting all those guys isotoner gloves because of the way that they played on Saturday night, right? Because or, or doing something, ordering pizza for them on Thursday night, having a little party because that was markedly different than any other game the University of Utah has played this year. Now, my question or my thought is, is do we give too much credit for how good USC is right now just because they're USC? I wonder if they really just have one player in the wide receiver London and everything else is down a little bit, right? right. So I'm yeah. not trying to take away from a good comeback win, but I do think that every single year USC is a little bit overrated compared to what they are depending on the year, right? Yeah. And, and so, so I, while I think this was an impressive win, it may not be as impressive as Arizona playing much better. I mean, if, if you watch them you know, play in the last couple of weeks, it's, it, Arizona State is a fun team to watch. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people – that criticized Herm Edwards when they were coming in and thought, oh, this is just a, 
you know, this is a splash higher, but I, uh, there's some things that are fundamentally going right for Arizona State. So the University of Utah, if they can block and if they can play University of Utah football the way that they played last Saturday night, I think they do legitimize this season. And I do think Cam Rising becomes, you know, not not just the quarterback for this year, but, but, but for a couple of years to come. And, and you can feel really good about University of Utah football if Cam Rising continues on this uh, the cool thing about Cam Rising is I feel like he's gotten better every week. So I, I feel like there's an involvement of his game. And, and you've always talked about swagger. You've always talked about hit factor. In fact, Kyle Whittingham talked about his hit factor this week in the, in the, in the press conference. But what I like is when he's making, you know, there's some innocuous throws that like maybe some people don't think about, but, the thing that I usually look at with quarterbacks that I think is important, especially in college football, is can this quarterback throw the ball in between the hashes, right? Like almost every quarterback feels comfortable throwing it outside of the hashes because there's not as much traffic, there's not as much to read, there's not as much at stake about throwing the ball um, outside or down the sideline. But in between the in between the hashes is where it's impressive, and I think Early in the first quarter, or maybe it was just at the beginning of the second quarter, he throws a really, really nice pass across the middle to strike. And um, I, I just really, I, I really like the improvement that he's making because I think at the first, he was making good throws outside. I'm like, okay, I'm not convinced because you got to be able to throw the ball over the middle. Otherwise, they just funnel everything outside and eventually they stop you. And so I'm seeing growth in between the hashes that I think is important. And I'm seeing growth every week. And if the offensive line can continue to block, and if Cam Rising can continue to improve, I mean, we might we might really think that they're legitimate by the time this Saturday rolls around. And, uh, I'm really interested to see. I'm really interested to see what happens this Saturday. Riley Jensen, college football insider and mental performance coach. I just want to talk about that mental aspect right now. The Utes have a. They basically were born again because Brewers out. Rising's in. They're undefeated with them, with him, together with them. And even though they may not be as good as they think, how important do you think it is that they think they're as good as they think? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's there's so much power to, to thinking that you're better than you are. You're always going to go further than than you think when you, when, when you think you're better than you are. Now, there has to be some realism to that, and there is some realism to that for the team. And I'm interested, uh, both both psychologically and just as a fan of football, as to the way that they reacted to this Aaron Lowe situation was was really impactful to me. I thought that was their best game, and I don't think it was even close. And and you wonder about when when teams are closer and when teams open up communication and they're able to be vulnerable with each other there's huge growth that takes place not only just on the personal level but as a team level and as an ability to play together and when when you have an experience like this it can kind of it can kind of push you in two different ways and it, it, you know all indications to me are is this this has pushed them closer and they played they played much better now you know, going back to your confidence question and going back, I mean, I do feel like confidence in some ways is a little bit overrated in the sense that 
we've, we've all been there where we haven't felt confident about something and we've performed really, really well. And then there's been other times where we've been super confident and we get wiped off the court or we get, <laughs> and so sometimes confidence is just, it's, it's one of those feelings that feels really good when you win and you're confident, but it's not a necessity to playing well. So I, I do think confidence is important and that it feels good, but sometimes it's a little bit overrated. These guys just need to be able to look in the mirror. They need to know what their job is, and they need to focus on each individual play as if it has a life and a story of its own. And, and, and the more times you can be sex, successful on each play, all of a sudden you, you, start, you start stacking small wins, and those lead to, to really, really good outcomes. As far as BYU, no fumbles lost, and then they lose three. From the psychological standpoint, how do you address that? You don't want to make a big deal about it, but you don't also want to ignore it. Yeah, so I think there's a real power in the way that you talk about it, right? So I, I, when it comes to a baseball player, you don't, you don't want him thinking when he goes up to the plate, don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out. And, and typically when I work with quarterbacks, instead of saying, like, don't ever throw an interception in the red zone, don't ever throw an interception in the red zone, I talk to them in terms of, hey, just make sure you throw the ball on time when you're in the red zone, or let's make sure we take care of the football in the red zone. The way that you talk about it draws a different picture in their head. And so, yeah, I mean, these guys are all, these guys are older guys. They're, they're mature, you know, with Algier and with Katoa, these are mature guys. You don't need to go into them and say, hey, guys, like, we, we, we really need to stress ball security this week, you know. You don't need to do that. They already know that. But you can make comments like, hey, high and tight with the football this week, high and tight with the football, right? Or you can, you can make sure that, you know, that they're just aware of, you know, when there are situations where somebody can be coming in from behind or in a different situation that they're really covering up the football and not thinking about it in a negative way, but, hey, you know, we take care of the football. We take pride in that as a team. We're, we're leading the turnover battle and just really stress the turnover battle and those sorts of things instead of painting a dreary picture like, oh, my gosh, now we're a fumbling team. You know, we can't fumble, guys. We can't fumble because when we draw pictures, the picture that we draw right after the word that we say, when we say the word can't, the next picture is what we draw. So when we say can't fumble, we're drawing a picture of fumbling. When we say don't strike out, we're drawing a picture of a strikeout. And when we say don't throw interceptions, we're drawing a picture of interceptions in our head. And, and maybe we're trying to draw that little red line that goes through it, but it, the, the picture of what we're talking about is more powerful than, than the don't or the can't that goes in front of it. Riley Jensen, college football insider and mental performance coach, you hit on that and you sell it to where it's so believable. So from your experience, how many athletes that you're dealing with and teams and all and programs and all that stuff, where that's actually a problem to where you metaphorically, you are drawing a picture of yourself or whoever might be fumbling? Oh, I, I, I think it happens all the time. I think, I think that, look, there's two things that kind of make cowards of us, right? Like desperation and fatigue, right? And so when we... 
if if we ever feel desperate or if we ever feel tired, we fall to our default setting, right? And there are teams and there are cultures and there are businesses out there and there are teams out there that that draw pictures that are without trying to, they're trying to avoid a problem, you know, they 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 kind of draw a doomsday picture without knowing it, right? And so when look, when you're working with a kid that is thinking to himself, don't strike out, don't strike out. I mean, a real simple thing is to start thinking solid contact, solid contact, solid contact, right? That draws a different picture and it solves the same problem. And so when you're, when you're a business, when you're, when, you're a, when you're a coach, when you're doing those kind of things, if you can focus on fixing the problem and framing it in a positive light or in a, in a more... Um, what I would call a productive description, it, it really helps the mindset of a team and it really helps just the overall like thought processes of, of kids and of teams and all that sort of thing. And I mean, I mean it, it's study and study and research after research that shows that if, if a coach can be good at those things, um, it, it has a huge impact on, on the way his team thinks. And that's why you see and and and, you, and I'm sure that you've said this before. I've said this before, but that's why you see teams that take on the personality of their coaches. They they, they take on their personality because usually a coach is really good at drawing pictures for their team. And if they're drawing great pictures and positive pictures and and pictures that are meaningful, and they're not only doing it in the in the media, but doing it in their everyday practices and their everyday interactions, typically those teams take on that. They take on that personality. So, glaze, jelly, or chocolate? Oh, uh, I gotta go. With, I gotta go with chocolate, man. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> chocolate donuts, man. Come on. Come on. What? Are, what are you? What's your favorite? Yeah, I'm a chocolate guy, but some, yeah. somebody like him, honey glaze, jelly donuts. I mean, yeah. there's, there's. Yeah, I, I mean, look. I think a maple bar every once in a while is good. The key for me is you, you got to stick to one, right? You can't, you can't, you can't keep going back to the well when it's donut day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and you enjoy Daddy Donut, uh, Daddy Daughter Donut Day. That's a lot of D's there, which reminds me of my report card. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you're an elite performer. We all know this. You are yeah. elite. Yeah, so. I wish so. All right, thanks, Riley. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. Okay, that is our college football insider and mental performance coach. The mental performance coach stuff really does fascinate me. <laughs> I wish I would have, uh, a lot of ways, <laughs> I wish I could go back and do some things over for sure. Maybe it would have turned out better. So we'll see. Legitimacy Saturday. Are you buying that? All right. We've got a jazz star coming up next. All right? It's 8.30, right? Is that I got that right? Yeah. You got it right. Uh, Jake Scott, who does the pre-half and post for us all 82 all preseason all playoff games he don't need no time off he's there he's mr consistent he'll join us next right here on 97.5 12 the zone